Theology on Mission podcast. Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. To my right, Mike Moore. Mike, you look like you got a little glow on your face today. What's happening, dude? (laughs) It's been a week. I just ate two massive pieces of pizza. Oh, I thought you were going to say some uh, uh, McDouble cheeseburgers or something like that. (laughs) Uh, He's alluding to the fact that I just got engaged. Yeah. Do I sound thrilled? You better sound thrilled. Yeah, I'm thrilled. If Grace is listening right now, Grace, I just want to say, first of all, he sure looks thrilled. <laughs> Secondly, he looks relieved. Yeah, it's a lot Thirdly, of planning. Thirdly, you are going to need a lot of your namesake, <laughs> and I'm here for you, Grace. Anytime, give you some insight on how to survive, Mary, not survive, flourish flourish we want to flourish in the kingdom of god and marriage here's to you mike moore and grace uh in the coming nuptials and all that god's going to do in your lives together i think it's fantastic i think i hear around uh worldwide surrounding applause (laughs) breaking out Uh, and i think your dad's out there somewhere going finally it's about time finally The Lord does answer prayers. Okay, but uh, I know this intro is going long, but uh, there are a lot of us that stayed single a long time, longer yeah. than you, number one. Number two, there's a lot who are called to be single in the kingdom, and I yes. want to encourage you. Yes. You, too, are called to a life of flourishing in the kingdom. All right. Boy. That was that was great. That was, that was we could do. We could just do a whole podcast on singleness, celibacy, marriage, but that'll be for... Another time. But let's get to what we're talking about today. Yeah. Let's get to Advent. Yeah. Now we're doing this a little late. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have three days until... We got three days till the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we're right. doing an Advent uh, podcast. What do you say about that? You know, I, it's true that you you and I are are often three weeks late. But, uh, you know, know something know. happens out there. Uh, what was that last podcast about? Oh, um, Caught in the Middle. Yeah, that was like two weeks after Brian Zahn got caught in the middle. So we're always a little late, folks, but maybe you can use this material next year for Mm -hmm. Advent. Yeah, it'll still be good. Advent, well, it might not happen next year. I was going to say Advent happens every year, but... But maybe the second coming actually does come next year. Which we pray that he does come, that he does not tarry, as your mother used to say. Mm, I think that was your mom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> folks, um, so often, uh, you know, the four Sundays of Advent, it's become a new thing to preach through Advent and to have the four candles of Advent mm-hmm. and to do Advent. And uh, even those those big mega churches that you go to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're doing Advent. It's a it's a big did deal you, now. Did you grow up doing it? No. Uh, actually, no. Uh, it wasn't until... Um, Bob Weber and the liturgical renewal hmm. among evangelicals that we even knew what it was. I grew up in a Baptist evangelical church. We didn't do Lent, Pentecost, did Easter, obviously, but but we did Advent. You did the four Sundays mm-hmm. of Advent? Yep. Every Sunday, a family would go up front and they would read the scripture and they would light the candle. Yeah, so Advent was the one thing that, not the one thing, but it was the one liturgical season that we observed fully. Yeah. And so... Um, I want to make the case on this podcast that uh, Advent is a really important season, uh, really important four Sundays, 
uh, to preach and guide people into knowing, discerning, living into the presence of, of God through Jesus Christ in their lives. Um, so often we preach through the virtues of Advent. Can you name the four virtues of Advent? Uh, hope. In, in the right order. Not, not in the right order. Hope, joy, faith. Love. love, yeah, I should, I, I should have got the love one, right? Especially yeah. since, but Anyhow. but we'll let that go for now. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a little bit mm, aloof. No, you're a little over the top today. It's like my goodness, you've got so much energy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Well, this guy's drinking <clears throat> caffeinated tea next to me. Actually, it's decaffeinated tea. Oh, okay, okay, and I don't even like decaffeinated anything. <laughs> yeah, your life is caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so often we preach through Advent and we go through the four virtues. Sometimes we preach through Advent and we go through the characters uh, that lead to Advent, mm-hmm. i.e. Uh, Wise men. Shepherds. Mary. Um, Zephani- Zechariah. Did I almost say Zephaniah? Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Uh, Zechariah. So, but, but what I want to advocate for is that we take these four Sundays to preach about the presence of God coming into the world in and through Jesus Christ in a very specific and particular way and how we must learn how to live into his presence and uh, allow his presence to guide us all the way to the fulfillment, really what is the fulfillment of his presence in the second coming and the renewal of all things and Revelation 21 where he shall be present, God shall be present with all of humanity. So, uh, are you ready? I'm going to go through four Sundays. I'm ready. All right. So, this is for the first Sunday. This is for first Sunday of Advent, which was what? Uh, this year it was uh, December. Seventh? No. Oh, man. I'm just making days up right now. Yeah. You're a little off your game. 23rd. So, let's just count backwards. No, Sixth. let's not. Let's okay. not do that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it was the first Sunday of Advent. And um, the first Sunday of Advent has been traditionally, by the way, good source for Advent preaching. Yeah, what Dietrich you, Bonhoeffer. Oh, really? Yeah, Bonhoeffer and his sermons and those, yeah. I can't remember the exact title, collection of sermons. Mm-hmm. couple of different uh, takes on Advent, and over the years I've really found them helpful, yeah. but that's aside from the point. Um, the first Sunday of Advent is normally about the second coming of Christ. Yes. Living in anticipation and the waiting for uh, and the alertness to the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ was a big deal in the churches I grew up in. Oh. How about you? Yeah, it, it was, but it wasn't a big deal around Christmas time. Which right. I, right? Because it, it, it's confusing because it's around Christmas time and you're reading these passages of John warning people that the Lord is coming and going to you know separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. And, and and that's confusing. It's like why why are we talking about these apocalyptic images when we're preparing for Jesus to come in a manger? Right. But according to my understanding, and I don't know everything, and I've been reading a little bit about it lately, more than I have been in a long time. But according to my understanding, the uh, church calendar. This is the last part of the uh-huh. church calendar that was actually put into that developed historically, and originally it was about uh, training people to. Uh, you know, training the church to uh, wait for and anticipate the second coming. Mm-hmm. Some people might say this receded during Christendom for various reasons having right. to do with, you know, the kingdom having come on earth and it being associated with Constantinianism right. and 
again, we won't get into all the Anabaptist issues that we have with Advent, but um, Christmas came along late. It, it developed late. So we still now, um, we are starting with the second coming. So the, the reading for, of the gospel for, for the first Sunday, uh, year C of the uh, lectionary, uh, verse Luke 21 and 27, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Hmm. So, and, and then, you know, a little later on in verse 36, be alert at all times, praying that you might have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So there's this um, emphasis on not only the second coming, but our readiness, our preparation, our patience, our waiting for and being alert to the fact that he is bringing in the kingdom and shall culminate in his second coming. I think this is important when you put it together with the fact that we're going to end with with finally Christmas, right? His first coming, right? And so we're living in between the first coming yeah. and the second coming, and it's the already but not yet eschatology that people have to figure out if they're going to be able to live the Christian life. When, when I when I preach on Advent, sometimes I use the image of Marty McFlying Back to the Future. Really? I thought you were going to go very serious on me, Oscar Coleman. I know. I was looking really serious. But um, go ahead. I'm interested. Because Advent takes us back to Jesus' first coming and propels us forward to Jesus' second coming. That's it. There you go. There's your intro. But but what did the, uh, what was the? Marty McFly? Yeah. Oh, Marty McFly is uh, played by Michael J. Fox. He's the protagonist. Oh, I, but I wasn't quite getting how it all fit with your... I hope uh, the people I've been preaching to haven't been thinking that. <laughs> For years you've been using this and no one's been getting And they're just like, who's it. Marty McFly? I assure you, by the way, your your congregation, which is, I'm sure, much younger than me, is going to be fine. Actually, that movie is contemporaneous with my yeah, generation, not yours. I know. I'm an old soul. Sorry, I keep getting a sidetrack. Okay. All right, so... Eschatology. So, so often um, we as Christians, especially raised in the kind of church I was raised in as a child, want to project the kingdom solely into the future and that we're getting saved out of the current world. Right. And we and when Christ comes again, maybe a rapture of some sort, boom, we'll be restored to the kingdom and we have will have made it through this treacherous tribulation and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. We want to avoid that extreme, and we want to avoid the other extreme, which is kind of the Protestant liberal, at least those people are accused of doing this, this realized, over-realized eschatology, yes. that the kingdom's already here and it's already happening, and, and actually the second coming is diminished in this respect. We want to avoid both because we need to learn how to discern Christ's presence at work in the world amidst the rebellion, the disobedience, the suffering, and it's in that kind of tension uh, that we're called to in Advent. I I don't think I I got this until hmm. studying way later in seminary and even beyond its full impact for understanding how to live my life till later. And I'm wondering, how do we get by without knowing this? We yeah. either, esc- either futuristic or, which is dispensationalist, or uh, over-realized eschatology can really mess you up. Did you flip 
did you flip between the two those? Were you a futuristic and then you went to the over-realized eschatology? I mean, okay, so over-realized eschatology in my world looks like an excessive Pentecostal charismatic, and I, I am a Pentecostal charismatic, but an excessive one believes that everything's going to be okay. God will heal and take care of everything right now. Everything will be perfect. I see. I see I'm in saying. the kingdom, no <laughs> suffering, no problems, money and everything mm-hmm. is just going to automatically turn out well. I tell you, that's a recipe for disaster for yeah. living the Christian life. Right, right. And you and you never went that far. Um, <laughs> I, I had moments. <laughs> I had some bad moments. See, when you say over-realized eschatology, I'm thinking more along the mainline progressive Protestant vein. Right. With a self-congratulatory pietism that I'm going to bring the kingdom here on earth. Yeah, I never I never You're really went that. there, but, but okay. that's just okay. as much a problematic because it exhausts us or and or guilts us. Okay, I thought that's what you are talking about. Well, like, can you go a little bit further into that? It exhausts us yeah. and or guilts us. Right. Well, it's... Um, it's the idea that we don't need God's agency because because humans can progress and because it's happening already. The, point, the kingdom yeah. is here. We're taking up uh we're taking up our um, different issues and we're gonna make heaven on earth within our time. Yeah, and do you think that the uh, we don't want to offend anybody in our audience, but do you think the politics of uh, the Christian nation and make America great again might have a little overrealized right. eschatology yeah. in it? Lacks humility and mortality. So, so I, I guess we could go for the rest of the podcast on first Sunday of Advent, but it is just so important, in my opinion, to get the eschatology right. Yeah. And then we know that God is at work in the world, drawing all people to himself, mm-hmm. but it is not done yet, not complete yet. In 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty five, he is reigning but he is reigning until all enemies have been made subject. So there's a lot of things God is doing to bring his kingdom into play. So first week of Advent is important. Eschatology, yes. get your eschatology right. Quoting a lot of scripture today, too. This is great. Uh, what are you trying to say? Well, I, I'm just saying some people that listen to this podcast say there's not enough scripture. Is it Scott McNutt? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, but. okay. All right, well, Scott, we love you, but that's a bunch of baloney. All right, <laughs> second Sunday is um, this theme that I just think is so important. Uh, it comes from, you know, texts like, and, and this comes from Second Sunday Advent this year, Luke 3, 1 through 6, where the voice of one, Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And, you know, for me, the issue here that is so important is the idea that we need to make space for God to work in our lives. We need to make space for God to work in our neighborhoods. God and His God works through his presence, but his presence is not a violent, coercive presence. Mm-hmm. His power doesn't work through like a bulldozer coming through your front lawn or a two by four hitting you over the head. It's he yeah. comes to be present and you got to make space for him. Right. I mean, how many people do we know? Uh, how, how many how many times in my own life have I been wanting God to work, but I want him to work on my terms? Yeah, amen. I want him to do what I want him to do. Yep. And what we learn from the second week of Advent is, no, you must make space for him to work, which means you need to submit to him. 
and open up space and take the control levers off and then discern his presence. This is a big theme in my book, Faithful Presence, uh, uh, available for still Christmas gifts. Did no, you? no, I'm not going to go there. And <laughs> um, what, what practices are you thinking of that open up space for, well, for God's presence? Because th- does this sound like just too much of a, I don't know, a trope, but to talk about busyness and to talk about noise? Ironically, we're talking about that during Christmas time when that's all amped up right. big time. But uh, you know that, um, I mean, some of the best times and really some of the best times in my own life recently are mm-hmm. just sitting around a table mm-hmm. with other believers and a few guests at times. Yeah. Uh, just tending to what God's doing in our lives, listening to what God's doing in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, back and forth uh, questions and just praying for one another. Uh, this just becomes the yeah. most. Uh, it's it's good to do. I I don't know if you struggle with this as much as I do, but I'm pretty I'm pretty task oriented. I've noticed that. There's some guys who are uh, always outside the corner store on my block, and I found myself the last few weeks, few weeks like when I leave my apartment. If I see them, I'm like, well, I could walk that way, but I know what's going to happen is we're going to have a conversation and it's going to go for at least 30, 45 minutes. And I don't want to you know, get interrupted by them. So I've had a purposefully, even this morning I did it. I walked by Kevin and Joe and Salim who are just outside smoking. I'm like, I'm just going to uh, walk. I'm going to walk by them. I'm not going to look at my clock. I'm I'm just going to try to sit here for 30 minutes with them. How do you know Kevin Jones Celine aren't going to be listening to this podcast? Um, you well, should you should have changed if, the name. Hey, if they are guys, hey, hey, we love you. Uh, but here here's what I uh, you know I I used to uh, I I still do have that that kind of feeling. Oh, I got to get something done. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell this story about when I was in McDonald's and uh, I was getting frustrated with, I'll call his name George because if he's listening, I don't, know I'm, I don't want him to know I'm <laughs> talking good, about him. It's good podcast etiquette. But, but George, I tell famously the story about George, uh, a guy without a home for, for three years, uh, trying to tell me oh, there's a conspiracy from Mars and it involves right. President Obama and they're right. sticking chips in our heads and everything. And I, I get very exasperated. I, I don't have... I'm actually telling God, I don't have time for this. And as I'm leaving, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said something like, you know, I know you're a busy guy. This is the Holy Spirit now. (laughs) Right, right. I know, Dave, you're a busy guy. I called you by first name. (laughs) (laughs) I would have called you something else. (laughs) Okay, but I'm serious. He said something like, here's what you can do. Whoops, sorry, bumped the mic. Here's what you can do. Why don't you just arrange a half an hour to 45 minutes right. once a week and say, can we meet? Uh, I really would like to get to know, you know, talk and, but I'm a, I'm a busy guy. I wouldn't say that to right, George right. directly, but uh, I'm a busy guy, George. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. I'm a big deal. If, yeah. If you, maybe you don't know this. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's disgusting. But, uh, and I did. And I said, let's yeah. just meet together eight thirty to nine on Friday. Mm-hmm. And he didn't always show up, but when he did, yeah. We got and and it was I was comfortable because I had set aside that time, and right. it really changed 
the way I inhabited that space and the way I engaged everybody else in that space. It really was revolutionary. Yeah, I, I find for me it takes me out of wanting to control the conversation or even have safety nets because sometimes the conversation will go places where I'm like, I just... I, I should leave. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I'm going I'm a somewhere. busy guy. I'm really a big deal. Yeah. Those guys. Does Grace know those, this about you, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she knows it. And she knows this guy is too. Why? Does she know you're a big deal? Oh, yeah. No, she does not think I'm a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> thank, the, thank the Lord for that. Okay. But yeah, but but the, the practice of being presence, present with people requires us to, some, if you're task-oriented, just to to look at the time and say, Hey, I need to actually set aside time to be present with people. Yeah. And then not control them or control the conversation. And, and by the way, these are all things we can teach at Advent. Yes. These are just really important theological principles about the way God works in our lives and in the world. So that's why I'm so psyched up about Advent. Unfortunately, we probably should have done this three weeks ago, but that's a, <laughs> actually it was in the process of preparing couple of sermons here recently that mm-hmm. this has really become evident to me. Okay, so the third Sunday of Advent, if the first Sunday is about eschatology and the first coming and second coming, and the second Sunday is about making space for his presence in our lives, the third space, or I should say the third Sunday is about disruption, that yeah, we make space for him and we surrender and give up control but then we we should be prepared for his presence to disrupt our lives and i don't know be okay for that or at least be prepared for that what what is a what's like a holy disruption that you think you've seen this advent well um okay uh i don't want to confess everything okay. on the air here yeah. but um you I, know at times in my life, money mm-hmm. has either become too big of a concern or um, at times I've been too comfortable right. with my money, my money. And the presence of Christ has entered my life at times and taught me I must not hold on to my money so tightly. Yeah. I must trust the Lord. I must, you know, my money <laughs> get disrupted. If the, mm-hmm. so, so for white males, yep, money. I think. I mean, that's true for a lot of people uh, across the board, uh, all ethnicities and genders, etc. But I just feel like um, uh, too often we become comfortable with our money. Uh, I also think for white males, I, I alluded to this earlier, but. At least for me, I'm very comfortable with controlling things. I was driving to the airport and got the time wrong, and Grace and I were going to be late, and I was just like gripping the steering wheel. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like we're going to be late. We're going to miss our flight. And then, and what did Grace do? Um, she said, I mean, in in a way that wasn't like mocking. She's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna be fine if we miss the fight. We're gonna be fine. I'm like, no, I spent money on this and can't spend more money on. And this is supposed to work out this way. But in that moment, I felt like the Lord was just saying, "Oh yeah, you think you you think you control things, don't you? You you think that you are the sun and the moon and the stars." <laughs> yeah, and there are, there are so many ways we get disrupted 
Um, I think uh, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of them. The gender sexuality issues of our day are disrupting the heck out of us. Mm -hmm. Um, When we get sick or ill or we're faced with that, we just get the crap kicked out of us. Okay, when we have a neighbor or someone close to us die or a neighbor uh, confront us with major issues in their lives. We just mm-hmm. get the crap kicked out of us. School, our children, Family, for those yeah. of us who have children. Uh, but but then when, what, what happens when somebody uh, comes up to you and says, you know, Dave, you've been my pastor for 10 years, and I just got to tell you, you're preaching socks okay <laughs> what <laughs> okay a disruption. Now, actually that hasn't been that big of a disruption for me <laughs> it's happened quite a few times actually do that <laughs> <laughs> but you know what happens when somebody tells you you know you're not you're not very yeah. good at oh. this and you you th- and your identity was all right, structured in this okay so on on the luke 3 7 through 18 text uh john the baptist is saying you know do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. Oof. You know, We've got it made. We are Israel. We are the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. He says, God is able to raise from these stones children of Abraham for Pete's sake. And then he says something like, the axe is lying at the root of right. the trees. Right. He calls them a brood children <laughs> of vipers. Yeah. He calls them the children of <laughs> evil. Yeah, not the children of Abraham. And so... Um, at the end, he talks about the winnowing fork that's separating mm-hmm. the the good, the wheat from the chaff, and the unquenchable, purifying fire. And you know, folks, the presence of God will have that impact not only on you personally, but your lives, your families, your churches, and and we got to step in as followers of Jesus who know His presence to lead people through that to where God is going to take us and it will be a revolutionary place and a good place mm-hmm. and so much good will come out of that I mean I you know um, oh shoot I don't think I put it did I? Uh, I, I I believe the text right that immediately follows they're saying well what do we do and right. and and uh, John just says <clears throat> you tax collectors don't quit your job. Just actually do it honestly. Right. And you soldiers, I can't remember what he said about the soldiers, but he said. Uh, if you, oh wait, this is where he talks about if you have two cloaks. Yes. Like give a cloak away. If you have extra, yep. don't hold on too closely. Mm-hmm. But not don't give your the coat off your back. Just give the extra one away. Right. And 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 so it's actually quite normal. Just live faithfully through what I'm taking you, yeah. and it will be good. Right. So. Third Sunday of Advent is all about being disrupted. Us, those those uh, New Testament scholars, those people that like to talk about themselves all the time, <laughs> and and tell us how brilliant they are, and I'm not mentioning any names, um, but um, now I forgot what I was. Gonna, oh yeah, they call this the apocalyptic, the apocalyptic, the apocalyptic aspect of the presence of God. All right, so we got one last one to last go. One. Let's uh, talk about before, it. Uh, and, and it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. And in this year, it's the Magnificat, the, mm-hmm. the, the Mary is accepting and receiving uh, the call to bear the Son of God. And I think what this reminds me of, and I'll just, this will be a good place to close, is that uh, God does come into history. Mm-hmm. He is the God human being. 
He is flesh and divinity, humanity and divinity in one. I think we too often uh, make the presence of God into an ethereal, otherworldly experience. And actually, he comes to fill us. The church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. So he's present everywhere, Mm -hmm. but here he comes to manifest his presence among us in our everyday lives and what goes on between us and in all our social realities. And the church bears that historical continuity, that presence with, with Jesus. And so this is not some hocus pocus, not something mm-hmm. out there, something extracted from real life. His presence comes to bear in our lives. And can we open up space to discern his life, his miracles, what he's doing, where he's taking the world? That's the first su- right. Sunday of Advent, eschatology. Right. Yeah, we, we believe and we confess that God is working in the world. Yes. God is doing something in the world. I had so many conversations this Advent. I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday who was talking about kind of managing their spirituality and how they experience and how they access God. And I just asked him, I said, do you, like, do you know and do you trust that God is actually working in the world? God is doing things and is on mission, whether or not you realize it or not, but, but God is present and God is um, actively bringing his kingdom to fullness here on this earth. Yes. It's very, it's very different than how do I access God or how do I become mindful of God, which is good and which is important, but, but we start with the truth and we confess the truth that God is on mission, that God is initiating and coming towards us. And he's, and, and so often, um, people that have been raised in a certain form of Christianity, I won't label it, but they have Jesus like controlled between their two ears. They've got this frown on their face. They're trying to control it. I am forgiven. I have been pardoned. I will go to heaven when I die. Mm-hmm. And and now I got to go try to live this life as best I can right. under my own uh, as best energies as possible efforts. And and it's a, a hell of a way to live yeah, Christianity. That's, you know, that's, an, I can exa- put that's it. an exhausting way to live. Yeah. And, and, and even the atonement, you know, we, we got to end this podcast, but even the atonement is about the restoration of our lives into the presence of God. You know, the what's the word for um, mercy sacrifice uh, um, in Romans 3? Uh, hysterion? Hilasterion. Mm-hmm. You know that one? It, it's no. the mercy sacrifice. You don't? Go ahead. Sorry. Let's be sarcastic. Okay. And, and so atonement, basically the atonement is about the restoration of our lives into the presence of God yes. represented at the temple. And um, so, yes, we are forgiven, but we are forgiven and loved to engage and be in his presence mm-hmm. and know his presence in the world. I think this is so important for the, for the whole leading the church into mission. So can you give me, can you summarize the four Sundays and do it in a systematic form that we you said that systematic we, that we can write this into a systematic theology. I'm looking for, at I'm looking at your notes. I'm going to be honest. It looks like chicken scratch. So I'll go. I'll, okay, Jeff Holes. I'll go back. I just did the whole squad. Sorry, thing. sorry. <laughs> I can. I'll go backwards from four. No, I'll start at number one. First one. Eschatology. eschatology. 
Yes. The world is going somewhere. Yes. And the presence of God is taking the world somewhere. Number two, making space for the presence of God. Isn't it amazing that we actually have to make space for God? You would think God's such a big, huge, uh, mon, mon, I'm going to, almost said monstrosity, monstrosity. <laughs> that he would just clobber his way into our lives. Right. No, we must make space for his presence. Number three, disruptive apocalyptic presence yes. of God. Yes, can we be disrupted by the presence of God? Number four, God comes, especially in this season through Jesus, God comes in history and th- continues through history to become present to us. Right, That's right. I, I, I didn't get into that. We'll have to get into that in another podcast. We're running out of time. But, you know, Jesus ascends to the right hand, but he gives us the spirit, the comforter, yes. to take his place as an extension of his presence into our lives to discern his work in the world. So, folks, we we could go on. and I, I don't know about Mike, but I could go on and on yeah. about this these themes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things we didn't talk about. But Advent is this special, special season and I think you could preach Advent 10 more years and you wouldn't exhaust the things we need nope. to be called into to live into the presence of God. So have you got any, um, you know, uh, big Christmas plans before we... Yeah, I'm traveling down south to see my folks and then going out east to, to visit some friends. So, And I'm traveling to Florida to be with my mom nice. and sister, my, my wife and max and and the dog are going yeah and uh we're looking forward to a great christmas celebration and, uh, i'm gonna presents. do some i'm gonna do some christmas shopping tomorrow maybe yeah you're you're pushing it it's yeah, getting a little yeah. short on time but uh now that you've got the big thing done maybe you ought to get busy <laughs> right ladies and gentlemen it's been a great year theology yes. on mission podcast we've so enjoyed being with being with you if you have an opportunity to give us a review on itunes or wherever that site is that they review this thing please uh, do itunes follow us on facebook follow us on is there oh yeah there mm-hmm. is a Facebook. and and we look forward to another great year until then have a very joyous celebration of the presence of christ coming at bethlehem we will see you next time it's over and out thanks for listening